0: All right, guys. Well, thank
1: you for joining. I appreciate that. We'll go ahead and get started. Hopefully, Katz can uh, get his or her way in here to join us. Um, So uh, I'm going to kind of pick up. We we had a short meeting last week. Uh, There were only a few people uh, that were there. So I'm going to kind of pick up the same topic. So Old Gravy leg. this will probably be a little bit of a – refresher course for you. But um, one of the topics that has come up uh, recently is how the FPV Freedom Coalition should interact with the AMA. And uh, the reason I ask is because obviously, as part of the community, I want to know your experiences with the FAA, uh, or not the FAA, the AMA, and um, how it relates to how you feel the FPV Freedom Coalition should interact with them. So, um, what are your thoughts on that? How should we um, interact with the AMA? Anybody?
2: Yeah, I think um, we talked we did talk about this a little bit last week. I think the the best bet is to play nice but not you know, necessarily it, like get in as them.
3: I mean I, I don't have any experience with any members from the AMA, so I, I can't say how they act one way or the other, but uh, you know, I, I think you working together is gonna help us out better um, to you know, combat these uh, these laws that are coming down. So
1: Okay. Has anybody had a good experience with AMA members or bad experiences and kind of want to touch on those a little bit?
4: Okay, there we go.
1: Hey, you're in.
4: Yeah, I had to get my, uh, well, I had to find my microphone.
1: <laughs> well, welcome, sir.
4: Uh, yes, I have dealt with the AMA a little bit and the FAA.
1: Okay, so talk to us about that.
4: Well, on the uh, AMA, I used to be a member,
1: okay. and
4: it was because they had a uh, a uh, flight place around here. It, I mean, it wasn't close, but it was near enough, and I figured, you know, go down there and talk with the people and mess around and fly my—at uh, the time, I had my Tundra. And uh, they were hardly ever there, first off. They really never came to help or anything, and they frowned upon FPV. And I have found that most AMA fields do not want you flying FPV, unless you, of course, have a dedicated spotter, which, you know, that's legal. So, I mean, that makes sense, but yes, you are. But uh, that was my deal with them, and I I didn't get any benefit out of having an AMA membership, so I dropped it. Um, it Just there wasn't nothing there.
1: Speaking speaking of benefits, so what do you guys see as a benefit to the AMA? Like if you You, were – You can
2: go to events. (laughs) A lot of events. That's the only reason people have it is so they can go there.
1: Yeah, okay. that's a good point. Right. So anything beyond that?
5: I'd say one benefit is that the FAA knows they exist and are willing to talk to them in some capacity.
1: Absolutely. So a recognized CBO of sorts, right? But as an individual,
4: yeah. I don't know if you've got that much pull or anything.
1: Right, right. And I, I think part of that is why you know, we're going to be having these town hall meetings is because we want to hear from you guys. I mean, those of us who are, you know, working day in and day out with FPVFC, um, you know, we can sit there and, you know, kind of decide how things should go, but that's not really the right way to do things. And that's why I want feedback from the community, from you guys. So, um, if – so so for FPV pilots, we're saying the the only real benefit to an AMA uh, membership is to be able to fly at events, right? That's so, I mean, I know a lot of people say um, like insurance, but I don't know – uh, from maybe. what I know, that falls under uh, homeowners first mm-hmm. and that's supplementary. So I don't know yeah, if that's and- –
2: their insurance also doesn't cover offsite. If you're at an AMA sanctioned event or designated flying area, like an AMA club, and something happens, it, you're exactly right about the like the insurance. Like the, they pay a little bit after, or they pay a little bit, and then the rest goes to your homeowner's insurance, if I could, or auto insurance, um, depending on the situation. If I remember right, but right. if I'm out fly, if I'm out flying in the woods. And then, like I, I don't know, like hit a telephone pole or something, and it it messes it up. AMA doesn't cover that. It's only at uh, AMA sanctioned areas. Okay. Excuse me
1: for a second. I'm ta- just taking some notes here.
0: Let's see. And keys. even then, they decide whether they're going to pay it or not. Like it's not just paid out. You can't just file a claim and everything's all right.
4: Yeah, they're gonna fight you on it.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'd like to yeah. know what the statistics are of how many claims have actually been paid out.
4: Not many, that's for sure, if any. And then yeah, of course they're going a whole
1: lot of success stories with that.
4: They're gonna fight you every sec- step of the way on were you following the AMA rules and course at that point you know there's going to be a problem at some point so they're going to get you
1: okay so um
4: on that note though if you do want insurance i believe it is state farm that actually has a pretty good uh insurance for like drones and stuff
1: really state farm has insurance for drones
4: i believe it was state farm um i was over there with, uh, the drone hanger and was talking with them and everything. Uh, and, uh, he's got it and he was talking about it, that he had it. And he's actually filed a claim and got reimbursed for a drone. So yeah, I've,
1: I I have state farm for house and auto and I haven't had any real issues with any kind of claim I've had with them. So
4: yeah, that's pretty awesome.
5: Yeah,
1: that is cool. I'll have to look into that.
5: Yeah, that brings up an interesting point that maybe the FPVFC should reach out to some insurance companies and maybe promote some of their their options and see if we can negotiate something, but not really in the same way that the AMA does, but just kind of direct people there.
1: Yeah, maybe like a a discount for membership or something like that. Would that be appealing to you guys? That actually is not a bad idea. Okay.
0: There are several companies that you, it's an app basically and you have to have your location turned on and it's maybe $6 an hour that you're covering. So if you're only and you know, out really quick, you know, six bucks. Um, right. Is, is based on your location, they tell you whether it's legal for you to fly or not. And if it's not legal for you to fly, obviously they're not going to cover it. Um, and I don't know like what their specifications are for that. Um, I've looked into it as far as I can for the moment. Um, without without having the, the final law and ruling go into effect, it's really hard to get anyone uh, that could potentially be responsible for paying large sums of money for you to agree to anything. So <laughs> I've been working on that since um, October, actually. And I've found two companies that are, you yeah, know, they're pretty decent to talk to, but they're still very, very, very unsure. And the ones that were okay ish about it, the premiums were absolutely ridiculous. So I'll keep looking and I'll keep you guys informed.
1: Absolutely. That's that's good information. And what you guys are giving me is good for us to look into as, as benefits for the FPVFC. So um, I do appreciate that. So. Couple of things. I don't know. Has anybody looked into the the um, the ops over people? Um, let me pull it up here. Let's see. So um, one of the the things that uh, has come out was uh, There's two two documents. One's a an PRM. And the other one's at NPRM. And both of them are dealing with – one's kind of dealing with uh, flights at night, and the other one's kind of dealing with flights over people, if I'm not mistaken. But um, one of them breaks out um, some categories for drone flights. And mind you, this is all part 107. But my concern is how it's going to roll over or possibly roll over to – the hobbyist community so um, let me post up these categories real quick for you guys if you're not familiar with it hopefully this will help you um, so let's see if it'll post yes it'll post all of it so uh, category one operations uh, they're limited to anything weighing under 250 ground gram- grams and Basically, there's no real ruling on, you know, any kind of impact numbers or anything like that, uh, as long as it's under 250 grams. Category 2 must not cause injury to a person that is more severe than an impact that transfers 11 foot-pounds of kinetic energy. So I did some calculations, and 11 foot-pounds of kinetic energy is basically a 600-gram quad, uh, which is about an average 5-inch. Um would be traveling at fifteen and three quarters of a mile per hour would impart almost eleven foot pounds of kinetic energy. So fifteen miles an hour. So for those of you who race, you can kind of imagine what that looks like, right?
0: Yep. So Yeah.
1: <laughs> you kinda see where I'm going with this, right? So yeah. a three hundred gram quad would be traveling at twenty-two and a quarter miles. Uh, per hour, um, cannot have any exposed rotating parts that could lacerate human skin, which basically means your propellers would have to be in a cage, and no defects, defects present that would allow exposed rotating parts to become exposed during an impact, which basically means if at any time you crash and the cage around the propellers breaks, then you're no longer, that that, that quad would no longer be certified, that drone would no longer be certified. So it has to pass a rigorous testing to make sure that any design fits this bill, and this is for Part 107. So this is all commercial operations.
4: That's gonna suck.
1: Yeah. So Category three is a little, little more um, open, but it's basically the same thing except for 25 foot-pounds of kinetic energy. So a 600 gram quad traveling at 23 and three quarters of a mile an hour. Or a 300 gram quad traveling at 24 uh, or sorry at 33 um, and a half miles an hour. So now I want you to keep this in mind. What aerial photography drone do you know that actually weighs 600 grams? <laughs> uh,
4: three inch with a <laughs> <laughs>
1: So you've got to see where I'm going with this. So I actually looked it up. A Mavic Pro weighs, what did we figure out the other day, Dan? It was like 1,500 grams, 1,200 grams? Right,
5: yeah, I'd have to I'm look it up again. Getting
1: that HD. Yeah, so, I mean, and think about it in terms of you're doing aerial surveys or something like that. But then think about how this could roll over and affect the, the recreational and the hobbyist community. Um, so what, what is going to be our speed limit? What's going to be our, uh, transfer of kinetic energy if we crash? I mean, it's going to be a lot more than that, right? Probably. <laughs> so, um, <And> <laughs> the other thing I wanted to post, and this is kind of funny because this, this article talks specifically yeah. about this and, um, it talks about how they came up with their numbers how it's not exactly accurate um, one of the and I'm just gonna briefly cover it you guys can read it if you want but one of the big things it talks about is when they came up with these calculations for this on the number of foot pounds of kinetic energy it can transfer they were referencing um, shuttle launches and the debris that comes off a shuttle so and, and more specifically, they're looking at solid metal objects that would hit a person. <laughs> so, as we all know, aerial photography drones, if you're looking at a Phantom or a Mavic or you know any of the other you know, off-brand uh, drones, they're all made of plastic. Plastic flex when it hits something. So, the way that it transfers kinetic energy changes drastically as compared to a heavy metal object. So... Um, And that's what this article talks about. It goes into a lot of depth in that. So feel free to give it a read. But also keep in mind how these different categories of operations are going to affect it. And this is all based on operations over people. But we as hobbyists, we operate at least, you know, a lot of people operate within the proximity of people if they're flying at parks or, you know, diving a building or, or whatnot. Hopefully we're all being safe about it, but what's this going to look like when that kind of stuff comes out? So just something to keep in mind. Any questions or comments on this stuff?
2: Did you say that was only for 107 people, but it's going to make its way down, or it's only for hobbyist at the current moment?
1: No, it's only for – right now it's only for 107. Now this isn't written in stone yet. This is a uh, notice of proposed rulemaking. So, I don't believe this one has gone to comment yet, uh, hasn't gone to comment yet, and but it's coming. So, as soon as they decide to publish this, um, they will open it up for comments for, I believe, 60 days. So, and we are getting ready to be able to comment on that and, and at least give the FPV FC stance on that, which, obviously, we feel it's a little ridiculous, but... Um, At the same time, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to limit ourselves to focus on the hobbyist community at the same time. But we're also seeing how this could potentially roll over to the hobbyist community in the future. I don't see why
2: they don't just make it uh, waiver based like it was in the past. I mean, it was so simple. It it was like, hey, somebody's going to be flying over you. It's they have a waiver for it. Here's your heads up. And if something happens, it, it relies on the pilot's insurance uh, because chances are it's probably going to be, you know, I mean, most people that are doing it hobbyist-wise don't necessarily intentionally like they try to not fly over people, you know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. Or they're at an event, or there's there's an event that there's certain safety precautions, but I mean a 107 pilot that's filming an event or something, you you can't always. You, you can't always do that. You can't always not fly around people. So, I mean, that's where the waiver process was actually pretty, pretty good. You just apply for a waiver. It's signed. It's proof that, yeah, you had the okay to be there doing what you're doing. Um, I mean, it's not like a person couldn't get a waiver also, you know what I mean? Like a, a hobbyist.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. I totally out, agree. With you.
2: Yeah. It, it takes out this whole, you know, it, I mean, just reading this stuff, It, I hate to say it this way, but it's bullshit. It's like 300—I don't care if you get hit with a 3-inch or a 5-inch. If that thing's hauling ass, it's going to hurt.
1: Yeah, I've, I've and, been hit by a 5-inch. It doesn't feel pretty, but, you know, I mean, it also didn't kill me either, you know, so.
2: Right, exactly, and it, it's—I don't know. I, I just feel like it's overanalyzing something that that, that the time could be spent— well, not us but the people that are proposing these these rules to what's going on it, it doesn't have to be the, the, there's no time it's everybody knows if you fly into a crowd of people people are gonna get hurt it's the end I don't want something that weighs a hundred grams going a 100 miles an hour into me it's gonna hurt the same thing with you know a thousand gram quad going. I mean, I just built one of those uh, nutmegs, the, the two-inch version of the squirt. That thing weighs like 600 grams. It, it's going to leave a mark. It's going to be like getting hit with a baseball, but it's not going to kill you.
1: Absolutely. So uh, let me clarify this. These category of operations, I believe they're for certification. Um uh, so I don't know specifically how they're going to roll that out. I know there's a, pro- a path to certification for equipment, which is basically your drone saying these ones are allowed uh, to fly over people, but um, I'll break that down a little bit further and get back to you on that. But it's, it's kind of goofy. So um, also, I don't know if you guys saw today Kitty Hawk announced um, that they're partnering with the FAA on the redesign of the before you fly app, which is, I guess is a good thing um, in some regards because the before you fly app, how many of you have used that before
4: <laughs> once?
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I have it on my phone, but that's when it decides to work. Right. Yeah.
2: Can you tell me like, what is it? Uh, I'm not familiar with this app. i, I okay, right so. before okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so basically it's a, it's similar to like air map. Um, but basically, it, it tells you whether you're good to fly or not. It's got, uh, uh, it lets you know if you're within range of like five miles of an airport or um, whatnot. You can actually put in um, a flight path in there to make sure you're all good. Um, I believe, I'm not sure if it partners with uh, Atlantic or not. Um, I haven't used that. I haven't used that. I've used air map for that, but, um, but
4: like air map much better.
1: Yeah. The problem I have with these apps,
2: though.
5: And we lost him. Oh, okay. Dead silence. Oh, okay. is, it seems like that's
2: definitely a problem.
1: Hello. Hello?
2: That's better. Uh-oh. You're, hey, you bye bye. you're back.
1: Yep. Okay, good. So um, one of the big problems I have with these apps is that AirMap will tell you you're good to fly and before you fly, it'll tell you you can't or vice versa. Um, And there's some things that show up on one and some things that don't show up on the other. So it's kind of hit or miss um, to the point where um, I've actually considered to have the FPVFC come out with their own app. Um, But at the same time, uh, I know Kitty Hawk was kind of in the running for uh, remote ID and they're kind of, I'm, I'm questioning if Kitty Hawk has, has won that uh, bid for that contract. So uh, we'll, we'll probably see that in the next couple of days with news, but um, we'll see how that rolls out. It's supposed to be out second quarter of this year. So, um hopefully it's a a little bit of an improvement but they're specifically at least on their facebook page they're catering they're saying this is for hobbyists so i'm curious what they're going to do with that to make it so focused on hobbyists
5: making what focused on hobbyists the no before you fly
1: redesign yeah the before you fly
5: the redesign okay i know kitty hawk was a guest on the drone and sundry show a week or two ago and It was fun listening to what they had to say, and I know they also talked about having an API available, so maybe there's something we could do with that in the future.
1: What did they say on the Drone and Sundry show besides that?
5: they, They talked about how they had more accurate maps and the circles around airports changed to have the extensions at the ends of runways and things like that. Just how, how their technology oh, was better it, than others.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The normal normal stuff. They added, like, bow ties, right? Yes. On the extensions. Okay, gotcha.
2: How up to date are those uh, apps on TFRs? I've never used one, but I'm, I'm actually going to download it. It, it. It's not a bad thing, I guess.
5: The Kitty Hawk people talked about doing an update, I forget, it was every few minutes or every few hours on the app. So it was pretty regular as long as you had a, an internet connection when you're using the app.
1: I've used yeah. it for Atlantic purposes, because I know here at Phoenix, Sky Harbor is, is on the uh, Atlantic system. So, and I it, it worked pretty good. Uh, I mean, I got approval in, you know, a couple of minutes, so it didn't take that, that long. So, uh, but I do know, like, I was down in Sedona, and or up in Sedona, I should say, and one area said that I was one, one of the apps said I was good to fly the other one said I wasn't good to fly so i just kind of had to guess on whether i was good to fly or not
5: well you just always go with the one that says you can
1: <laughs> true story that's, i think that's what i did
0: that's, <laughs> that's what we call it. a loophole
2: <laughs> yeah that's that's why the Please screenshot that's why the screenshot button is so key right before you take off be like oh look at this one delete the other app real quick. There you go. <laughs> uh,
1: this one's for you, Stephanie. Um, this was on the FAA's website. It's a link to a uh, survey for people who live in Memphis on drones, and I found it completely laughable.
0: Well, why us? Like <laughs> I don't well, understand why what-
1: So the questions are, uh, and this is, it's actually part of Memphis International Airport, and it's a drone public opinion survey. So Mm -hmm. it says, what is your opinion regarding the use of UAS drones to conduct aircraft inspections? So we're (laughs) so worried about drones at airports that we're going to start using them to do inspections of aircraft, of the security fence, of the ramp and perimeter. Etc., etc., etc. So it's like a nine question survey. So you should totally take that. But yeah,
0: um, I just put it up on me. it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, kind of hilarious. <laughs> hilarious.
1: So uh, I thought <laughs> I'd check that in
0: for they you.
2: They should use race quads, it'd be so much more efficient, and they'd be done in like a minute and a half to two minutes. True
1: story. Yeah. They can just zoop on by and then uh, um, review the review the GoPro footage for their inspections Not <laughs> frame it. by frame.
2: Just <laughs> filming 480 oh, awesome. like 1080 480 and just go as fast <laughs> as you can over the airport and then check it out later and post.
1: They should have You're they right. should have competitions who can complete it faster.
4: <laughs> uh, you got the uh, what is it a Falcon that does 1080p and a 720 downlink.
1: There you go. That's the way to do it. Perfect.
4: And it's actually race quad, sort of.
5: That's all so funny. It reminds me of the South Park episode from a couple years ago where people got drones, and then the police got drones to catch the people flying drones, and then in the end, the entire sky is just full of them.
0: (laughs) You know, true story. The Yakuza started using drones to deliver um, goods across uh, Tokyo. So the Tokyo police decided they were going to get drones to try to shoot them out of the air. Well, then the Yakuza were like, hey, you guys have things that can take us out of the air. We're going to take you guys out of the air. So now it's like <laughs> Star Wars over Tokyo. And- that's hilarious. That
4: I've been
0: quoted as saying, this is the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> I
4: can't
0: believe this is my job. Oh, are, they,
4: awesome. are they
2: registered at, at 300 grams or 600 grams when they get shot out of the sky and hit people?
0: Uh I'm not
1: even
4: sure. <laughs> Depends on how good they know.
1: get hit. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Funny.
0: And how much their how much their payload is. See, that's the thing. You gotta figure out how much they're ho- oh, So
1: they the other that. the other funny thing is uh my fiance's uh her stepmom is from Israel and she has a family member who works with the Israeli military. And they are using drones, and I don't know what type of drones. I'm a, I'm supposed to be talking to this guy in the next couple of days, but they're using drones to take down explosive kites along the Gaza Strip. What? Yeah, so apparently... I,
2: I heard something yeah. about that. I think they're using those unique uh, drones, like the knockoff ones. Oh, really? Yeah, because so it's a this... lower cost, because you're literally flying into something that's going to blow up.
1: Yeah, and so these they use these kites to drop explosives along the Gaza Strip, and they're using drones to take them out of the air. So I'll be interested to see how that how they what they're doing with that, and um, so that'll be interesting.
0: One way quad. All <laughs> <No>, right. <laughs> uh,
1: all right. So um, let's see. Okay, here we go.
4: Videos taking forever to upload.
1: What video are you uploading?
4: I uh, just uh, took an inductric switched and turned it into an FPV wing. Nice indoor FPV
1: wing. That's epic, dude! It was awesome, <laughs> <laughs> and it's to only sixty
4: that. grams, by the way.
1: Hey, that's not bad. So you're falling on you're a category one operation, sir. Woohoo. <laughs> so here is that uh, here is that uh, NPRM uh, for operations over people. If you guys care to give it a read, it is 206 pages long. Damn, come
4: on, why do they? Have I am.
1: It's uh, <laughs> like here, read this. It's a bible. Um, but uh, I've read through a good chunk of it. A couple of us here have. Um, but if you want to check that out, feel free. It talks about all the different categories, um, certification, um, requires for manufacturers, etc., etc., etc. So um, just so you're aware, that's out there. You now have a link to it. Uh, feel free to read your life away on it. Um, <clears throat> I think in terms of information for tonight i think that's about it uh what do you guys have for us what can we help you guys with
2: you guys might be able to tell me uh when i get my 107 do i do i get my five bucks back from registering and then i just re-register as (laughs)
0: No, No, you You have to pay that registration fee regardless 107 people have to do it we have to do it
2: well, no, I didn't know if I didn't know if the initial uh, hobbyist like uh, five dollar transfer is over when you get your 107 like if it goes oh, no, to you like your first craft or again. whatever
0: yeah you won't have to pay it again because it, it actually registers to you as the pilot and your craft so it kind of goes right.
5: to... but you don't get five dollars off the 107
1: no and the 107 requires you to register each particular um, aircraft too.
2: Right, so, well, that's what I was wondering—is if like you just get one of them for you just use your existing when you get your 107. I don't know. I mean, it's five bucks. I don't really care. I'm just I'm right just now.
1: Curious. Right now, the difference is is that you can fly under 336, the old 336, because we're not flying under the 342 yet. Um, but uh, you fly either under 336 or you fly under 107. So. <clears throat> You would use one if you're flying recreationally. You would use your individual aircraft one if you're flying commercially. Does that make a little more sense for you?
2: Oh, So there is a difference between – like, it's not once you're a 107 pilot, everything you're, you're doing is, is – 107, 107, no, no. Okay, so it's not like that anymore. No,
1: no. No, it, it's – if you're flying commercially, you're 107. If you're flying for fun, you're under 336 at this point okay, until cool. they go live with the new stuff
2: um i did have one more quick question too absolutely R- remember back in the day like we we were all making jokes about how long it takes for them to come up with the testing and all that stuff um mm-hmm. it, ha- have they done that yet since they're <laughs> like outside of the 90 days that they initial, or i think it was 180 days i think
1: they're uh going to no support. they haven't so that's gonna be due hang on a second and i will pull up that timeline for you give me one second They have their
0: school doing the math on the trajectory and, <laughs> no
2: shit. and
0: like, they had to they had to reach for that a little bit so i think they got a little distracted
1: so once the website goes live we actually have all the deadlines for that um and that'll go live as soon as we get we hear back on our uh, 501c3
5: yeah, so I see there's you, a lot of deadlines on that list that have since passed that I have not heard anything about.
1: I haven't I haven't heard anything on some of these this stuff either. Mm. I know they've done some stuff with UTM, so we probably need to check that off. Um, it
5: looks it like the safety test is in
2: April. The yeah. due date's April. Let's see. Da, da, da. Oh, thank God I can be unsafe for two more months. <laughs> 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 did okay, you now here's so... the here's the joking one, did everybody register? Is, does everybody have their, their registration number?
1: I do, oh, I yeah. I've I been registered.
5: And printed on the outside.
1: Yeah, you can't have it in a battery compartment. It has to be visible from the outside of the aircraft now. Been outside in case you're wondering. wondering. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Although not all mine are labeled, so.
1: Yeah, you need to get that, because if you get stopped, you're going to have an issue. Um, April 3rd is when the... uh. Aeronautical knowledge and safety tests is due. So um, I am personally working on um, putting together a exam for that, and I think we're going to cover that in an upcoming meeting. Let's see. Actually, next week's meeting is going to be the knowledge exam and, and kind of getting your feedback on that. But um, in the meantime, I am working on putting something together, and my take on this is – uh, that it needs to not be the 107 test. It needs to be something a hobbyist needs to know, not something somebody flying commercially or general, avia- uh, general aviation pilot or anything like that needs to know. Because I mean, what 12 year old is going to take the 107 test and succeed at it? So.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way I look at it is the equivalent. <laughs> It's the equivalent of a driver's license that, you know, we all have and a commercial driver's license. Like, I don't know right. all the crap that they know. I don't need to know it. But I'm still, you know, legal. However, right. so I think that that's the way it should be. But does my opinion count? We'll see.
1: Well, and we're going to go to the FAA with this. And we're going to be like, look, we'd like to administer this. Um, and we're, you know, we're creating ourselves as a CBO. We'd like to administer administer this for you guys, create it, um, help get it out there for the hobbyists. That way, it makes sense to our community. That way, we're not becoming 107 pilots because I feel like that might be on the brains of some of these FAA guys. That why don't we just make everybody pass a 107 test? Well, what's that going to do for students and people in STEM classes and people just entering the hobby, kids entering the hobby, you know, taking your eight year old out to go fly and, and whatnot. I I get that they're going to fly under you, but they need to be able to understand this kind of stuff. And it needs to be brought to a level that people can understand. Does that make sense?
2: Absolutely. So uh, no kids going to want to take a test so that they can go out and fly. They're, they're going to be like, well, then I'm not going to go flying then.
1: Yeah, they'll, they'll I mean, find something better to do. They'll go turn on the video games or, you know, go play on the tablet or whatever. So.
2: Yeah, they'll just fly in a sim.
1: Wow, <laughs> I sound like an old man.
0: <laughs> Jesus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So, um, what else can we do for you guys? So, uh, just. Just a quick update. We do have our 501c3 filed. We did hear back. It's in process of being processed. Um, that's fun because every time we call them, uh, for the first couple times, their systems were down. We finally got a response that it's now being processed. So um, once we get that, we're going to start talking to the FAA about becoming a CBO. Once we get all that done, the website's going to launch. We're going to launch a bunch of stuff. So yeah. Um, Just uh, FYI on that, that's where we're sitting right now in terms of organizational stuff. Um, We're getting there. I know it's taking a while. I get that. But the government shutdown sure as heck didn't help anything. So we've actually been filed since the 3rd of January. So um, government shutdown really rolled us back a bunch, but um what else can we do for you guys what other questions comments anything doesn't even have to relate to tonight's topic feel free to just blurt them out there if i don't have an answer i will get you an answer
0: the floor is open
5: well if nobody else has anything i've got one little thing that i wanted to point out Uh, i'll post a document here that the white house released and i found it interesting that the president is likening Flying drones, using them in the same sentence and comparing them to cyber attacks as being equally dangerous to the national airspace.
1: I heard a groan.
3: So
5: fun, fun read.
3: Oh yeah, no comment.
0: Yeah, everyone, attempt to keep your political comments. Uh, Intact at this point because this meeting is being recorded and will be posted publicly later. (laughs) I'm I'm fairly certain that I can say, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that the majority of us are uh, on the same page and uh, we're with you.
5: And I'm sure these are not direct words from the president, but somebody wrote it for him and he signed it. But the White House released this whole thing.
3: There's another thing, too. Um, I saw an article regarding. Uh, banning of lithium-ion batteries shipments on passenger planes, so I would not be surprised uh, when they are being shipped via plane, that'd be at like 30% charge.
1: Mm. And
3: I would imagine that that eventually is going to make its way to passengers carrying those as well. Can you post where you found that?
5: I uh, saw that somewhere uh, yeah, recently. It's in
3: Facebook. So, you know, I'm trying hey, to find hey, yeah, yeah. it hard, but yeah, I'll dig it up. Yeah, hey, if you can, you if can ruin dig ruin it up and drop it.
2: <laughs> yep. Like, is that a legal thing? They can ask you to ruin your personal belongings so that way it's safe to fly with? Like, if you right. put them at 30%, it's more of a danger than it is fully charged.
3: Yeah. Here, here, let me just fly it around here until it's discharged and then we'll be good.
2: Yeah, exactly. And then open up air maps and be like, ah, oh, NFZ, sorry, can't do it.
1: I know when I flew, or when I flew with my, with my, all my drone equipment, I did put them all to storage charge, but yeah. that's about the max I did, because I mean anything beyond that is going to risk damaging your batteries. Ah, there we go. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate that.
0: Uh, they probably don't have anything for reference, so they just went with thirty percent because that's for you oh, know yeah. it probably worked for something else, so they just kind of grandfathered it in.
1: Yeah, research is hard, so. <laughs>
2: Also, that I mean, is that singling out lithium-ion batteries, and then we can just tell them, be like, it's not necessarily a lithium-ion battery. It's not the same that you're thinking of.
5: It's graphene.
3: It, it's a polymer. It's not an ion. <laughs>
1: it's graphene. <laughs> exactly. Oh, there Imagine
3: you
5: go. a unicorn battery. There's
0: nothing wrong with it. It's
1: fine. <laughs> okay. Somebody uh, taxing an aircraft there?
4: i <laughs> um, doing some shrink wrap.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh. Wow. All right. So cargo ban. Wow. So get your get your batteries in country, apparently. Otherwise, you're going to get hosed on the price.
2: And don't fly with them, apparently. I mean, that would kill an entire industry, and it seems like they don't really seem to care. They don't yeah this yeah. is uh
1: this is cargo plane. so this is all um yeah safety measure fa has been pushing airlines to reconsider carrying batteries due to the potential fire risk so when's the last time we had a lithium-ion fire on an airplane anybody remember one because i Everybody, sure as hell don't uh,
4: samsung note 7 wasn't it
1: yeah. oh yeah. cell phone battery yeah. oh yeah yeah okay
2: so what does that mean yeah so what are they going to do tell everybody that we need to look at your phone and make sure (laughs) it's at 30% before you get on the plane come on just
4: band them all together no phones
1: (laughs) yeah just only a couple years after they said hey you can use your phones on airplanes now (laughs) Mm. wow okay well that's fancy what else what else we got guys threw up a link on that video it finally uploaded Woohoo. Check that Any
3: out. Any other
5: interesting news that happened this week?
3: What was that What was that date? April something or other regarding Started the test?
1: Past... Yeah, uh, April 3rd. So, April 3rd, uh, uh, here here's a couple of the upcoming deadlines. I'll just read a couple of them out for you. Um, so applications for designation of no-fly zones, that's coming up March 31st. And for the most part, that's probably going to be Uh, power, like utility, uh, transport facilities, like, you know, obviously airports, but train, um, train, bus, yada, 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 stadiums, and uh, probably amusement parks and whatnot. So um, I'm hoping that that's going to be the limit, the same stuff that we're used to. Um, hopefully i can get some more information on that they're supposed to be rolling that stuff out here shortly um, let's see we've got uh um, aeronautical knowledge test and safety or knowledge and safety test recognition of community based organizations so that's coming up so how they're going to actually recognize cbos uh, the private uas privacy review um Study on department and emergency service agency use, assessment of aircraft registration. So they're going to relook at how we're registering our our drones. Um, I'm curious if they're just going to take the 250 gram limit away and just make everything. But we'll see. And um, rules for federal federal and local authorities. Um, that's all on April 3rd. Um, we've got June 2nd, which is a review of... Uh, Counter UAS Interagency Coordination Processes, that's June 2nd, Um, an update of the FAA Comprehensive Plan on UAS, um, use of UAS at Institutes of Institutions of Higher Education, Radio Spectrum, and Commercial and Governmental Operators, that's going to be July 2nd. So that's the next upcoming couple of events here with the FAA.
5: So Josh, Jimmy Fingers posted a question there in the chat. Oh, let me see it. Uh I was from the ask
2: about that. That's that's abhorrent.
1: <laughs> okay, so no, there's no requirement to put your AMA number on your aircraft.
4: Maybe by AMA standards, though
1: Yeah, it might be, but there's no, yeah, there's, yeah, absolutely not. You don't need to put that on there. You do have to have your federal registration number though.
4: But remember, if you don't have your AMA number on your drone and you crash, they're probably not going to give you your money for your insurance because it didn't <laughs> have <a> number. <laughs>
2: That number was scratched. I need, to have, scratched. Yeah, I need yeah. to have an AMA number or an AMA membership to have a number to put on my my craft, <laughs> or it burned up in the lipo fire.
1: Right, oh, right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. I'm gonna look at this. Uh, I'll look at this AMA blog real quick uh, after we're done here, uh, just because it's kind of long. But I don't. Wow. Yes, you need to list both your AMA and federal registration number on your card. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I mean, maybe if you're flying as part of the AMA, so.
6: Yeah, that's from the AMA's website from the first yeah. line.
2: Did but... I put my NRA membership number on there as well since basically they're doing the same thing?
1: <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Alright, what else we got? Zoe, you got anything, ma'am? Uh,
6: No, I'm just coming into this uh, thing late, having a rough day. Don't really have much to add. I'm sorry, you're having a
1: rough day. It's almost over. Thank God. All right, guys, I don't have anything else, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, Dan, you got anything?
5: No, uh, my only question would be is if this night of the week is the best night for this kind of thing, since I know there's at least two other related live streams that happen Wednesday nights. Um, We did get more people in here today than we ever have before, which is great, though. So maybe it does work.
1: Is this night and time good for you guys?
5: That
2: works for me.
3: Okay. Uh, Yep, same here. I just got to remember to turn notifications back on. I always forget.
1: Turn those back on.
4: I just happened to be editing a video. That's how I saw it this time.
1: Well, all right. So every Wednesday um, at 9 p.m. Eastern, we are having these. So if you want to participate, and believe me, we appreciate it. Um, I've got a lot of good ideas from you guys this evening. So please, please, please keep that stuff coming. Um, every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, we'll be mm-hmm. having these. Um, I've got topics lined out uh, for each week, so and we can just keep adding to it. And um, if you guys have any sub- suggestions of topics, hit them out. So
6: I'm just like one question it's kind of related because on top of the AMA, yeah. what is everyone's opinions on the AMA? Just like a core breakdown in one sentence.
2: They're fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They don't give a shit about us, and they've proven it time and time again. And that's kind of why we're in this position right now, because if they had stepped up and said something years ago, then... they just don't represent us at all. They don't want to represent us from the sound of it.
6: I guess the question is, like, how would it be... or what, what world and what would need to be done in order to convince the AMA to represent us? And then on that note, what would the AMA have to do to actually show the community that they're trying to move forward in a positive way with FPV?
0: Well, I don't know what it would take to get them to represent us adequately because taking our money wasn't enough. Like, what else do they need? Blood?
6: Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, like, a serious question because, like, the only reason I bring it up is the FPV FC definitely needs to exist because, and the only, my opinion, reason why we exist is because the AMA hasn't really represented us to the best of their abilities and to the abilities that we've needed them to. Yeah, so exactly. the thing is, though, is they're still the biggest group in the United States. And I know for a fact that there's definitely a couple people on staff that do, do care about FPV and do want to try to make it right and try to figure out the best ways to help the community. So that's why I bring up, how can the AMA make it better? How, what, what could they do? If you had one thing to tell them, on how to make it better, what would it be? I support think the, the Freedom part...
3: Coalition. Support our support this group.
1: Honestly, I think I, I mean, I think part of that's right, Steve. I think, but I almost want to say, Zoe, and I don't know that I speak for everybody, but I feel like the AMA has kind of burned that bridge, um, and and run screaming from it. But I think the biggest part. For a lot of people, with universal acceptance of of FPV, I, I I feel like they have done everything in their power to just keep pushing us to the margins, and their members hate us. They're especially their older crowd. They hate us, you know. Without any kind of change from that front, I don't think they're gonna see acceptance from the FPV community.
6: What That's they could do awesome. is
2: i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off go
6: go for it go for gravy this is this is a safe space
2: i think the best thing that they could probably do is admit that they're not the leading knowledge source in this thing as a cbo once we get to that point and direct any and all questions towards us instead of them making statements that are going to hinder it even more because everything that they say about drones is going to hinder all rc aircraft and they, I, I feel like they're not realizing that by calling one group of – or one one type of RC flying bad. And everything else is good, though. It's They need to just admit defeat and say that they don't know what they're talking about.
0: I would That's... love nothing more for them to remember where they came from. I mean they got their start 80 years ago for the same freaking reason that we're here now. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I mean, think about it. Yeah, it was 80 years ago, but people didn't understand what RC uh, RC model aircraft were, and right. they freaked out. And then laws were getting changed, and people were getting in trouble. And they were like, "Hey, we've got to do something about this. We need to form a group that can explain this to people and, you know, make it right." The AMA was born.
6: And that's a very healthy point. The AMA is multi generational, and they could very well have lost that whole ideal. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Don't get yeah. where you came from, and don't crap on new kids
5: coming into the into the game. <clears throat> I, I mean, think here's the thing: is go ahead, Dan. I think it'll be nearly impossible for the AMA, as a CBO, to work with the FAA and come up with a list of of uh, their safety guidelines for all of their types of flying that the AMA represents, and balance that in a way that works. Um, they're going to have to lean more towards their traditional. Uh, user base where we can be a CBO with a different set of guidelines focused just on the FPV pilots. So that's where I see the AMA just can't really represent us in that same way.
0: Well, they accept special organizations, like a, you get a special organization designation mm-hmm. or special whatever the crap it is. Um, and I think that that's probably how they fill those gaps, you know, because you can't know everything. Um, and you're not, you, if it's not in the forefront of your mind, you're not even going to think about it, which is, you know, we were kind of the forgotten one, but um, that's something that we could look into. <sighs> I don't know how everybody would feel about that, though. If We were a, a, a recognized, you know, special interest organization with the AMA. What everybody tell me, like, how do you feel about that? Because if, if it's no, then there's no reason why we have to go through the entire process.
6: Um, I guess I'll start. Uh, I feel like there's a divide in the community right now, and it's partially on the AMA side. Um, It's partially on the government side with the regulations. And I honestly think there's some good people within the AMA, they just don't know how to go about it. So coming from the point of trying to work with them and trying to clear the confusion on their end so we can all have a united front, with the FAA versus having two special interest groups that are independently maneuvering, um, I think adds a lot more um, vocality to us. Like we stand stronger with them at our shoulder, with us still being independent and be able to have, be able to even directly tell the AMA, "Hey, look, that policy that you, you're thinking about putting out, that's going to hinder things in the end." Um, to be able to have that kind of go-between could be very healthy um, but I do know, I, I mean, I know personally, seeing how some people have been treated at AMA fields how that's created a rift in the, in the community, but I, I know like Bob and uh, Matt and Claire and even, you know, there, there's some really good people within the AMA that I do care about us new kids on the block It's just a matter of making sure that the new kids on the block have a say in how they move forward. And I quite honestly think the AMA is trying. They just don't know how. And it might be good for us to give them that guidance.
1: Well, and I think that, I mean, I think the general consensus here earlier was that, you know, we need to work cordially with them. We need to communicate with them. We need to be able to work professionally with them. But are we a part of them? I, I think that's where you kind of draw the line um correct me if i'm wrong guys but um i think that i think you're right zoe and it's not that there's not good people in the ama it's just as a whole organization i feel like i yeah i I feel like they've forgotten where they came from kind of like stephanie was saying i feel like Um, they've done a good job up until now, but they haven't done a good job adapting to the new technologies, which blows my mind because it's a a pure technology field that they are a special interest group in, and they should be able to adapt like the wind on that kind of thing.
6: Uh Aha, the pun. I'm No, it's it's, it's true, it's true, They, they should be able to adapt, and because they haven't been able to adapt, right, we do exist, um... Well, son, well, thank you for letting me poke your brain on that, guys. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about it, and I was kind of curious what y'all are thinking on it. Because um, realistically, we need a united front in some way to be able to deal with all the issues. And having the AMA say one thing that's not in line with what we're saying and simultaneously not necessarily with what we're saying is in line with what they're saying is not always great for all of us overall. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I don't think we should be bickering between us. I think we right. should work professionally and and, yep. and united. I just think that we as a community are the subject matter experts on this kind of stuff.
6: Yep. I just, I just hope there's a way for the subject matter experts to actually talk to the ones that aren't <laughs> and for a little bit of that information sharing to happen. Absolutely. I completely agree. I do know a lot of people
5: seem to be afraid that as things change in the future that the AMA would sort of, uh, say, cave to the FAA and say, all right, we'll change all the rules. We won't fly anywhere except for our fields, and that's okay because we have these fields everywhere, and that's great. If that were to happen, people like us would be be very upset. And there's no indication that that's going to happen, but that's a fear people have.
0: I can understand that because that's kind of where we're right now. I mean, their insurance doesn't cover you unless you're on a, an AMA sanctioned field. So mm-hmm. they've already said, well, okay, we will we'll give you this concession. Okay, how about you let us do this? But if, we're, uh, if we just do it where it's, it's like our space and it's our, you know, we can control it. Oh, yeah, 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 that's fine. That's cool. You know, I think that's probably how that can because there's a lot of negotiation when it comes to stuff like this. Like, what are you willing to give up so that you can at least get this, this, and this? Um, if the not, they don't make decisions lightly ever.
3: Yeah, but I don't know. Every member that I've talked to seems that that is not in FPV pilot. Um, wouldn't have any problem agreeing to that. That's and and they're gonna cater to. What the majority says, I think so.
1: <laughs> well, and I think the the other fear behind some of this stuff is not just um, restricting restricting us to dedicated air like fields, but that the fields that are around us don't accept FPV. So it's kind of like this double edged sword. Yes, you can fly here. Come fly here. Uh, except you guys. You guys can't fly here. You know, no, and no, they're boring yeah, too.
0: Yeah, we'll take your money, but you can't fly here. So, yeah,
1: and so it just doesn't make sense. And I mean, furthermore, I think the beauty of FPV, and I think everybody here will agree, is being able to explore your environment. Who cares about a field? I mean, let's go out, let's see the scenery, let's see the mountains, let's see the city, let's do these things that gives us another. another view of this world we live in and the beauty of it, and that's the the entrancing part about all this, at least for me. And being stuck to one location to do this kind of stuff just makes no sense.
3: Well, in a boring location as well. Yeah, that's my point.
1: So...
6: Well said. Well I'm hoping some members of the AMA might be listening in. If they do they have better perspective. But yep, so. yep. right on so.
1: anywho, on that note, unless anybody has anything, we passed our time. Um and happy I'm to say if anybody want, No, you're fine, Zoe. Completely fine. If anybody else has anything that they want to talk about, I'll stick around. Um I that's all the content I have for this evening. But uh, if you guys want to continue talking, feel free. I'll be here. I'll be here to answer questions or chime in um, where need be. Otherwise, good night. Have a great night. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thank you. Oh,
4: somebody had a dog.
5: Somebody's dog has a question.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I heard.
5: Well, thanks, everyone.
1: Yep. Have a great night.
5: You too. Thank you, too.
0: y'all. Night, you guys. Night, John Boy.